0: This is the Kita Anime Podcast with Dito and Katie Data for June 5th, 2012, episode 4 of the spring season. Butt Bullets. It's time for the Kitsa Anime Podcast for June 5th, 2011. The Kitsa Anime Podcast is brought to you by... Rest in peace, Edward Cole. The internet loves you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Kitsa Anime Podcast. I'm KT Data. And I'm Dito. And this is the podcast where we talk about anime and start late and whatnot. But, <laughs> Very late. how are you doing today, Dito? Because I totally butchered that opening. But, oh well. We'll just keep going on. About as good as you
1: right now, KT. <laughs> um,
0: Completely
1: delusional. delusional.
0: Anyways, for you people who haven't watched, which, why wouldn't you have watched? We are into our third season and fourth episode.
1: Episode four. Episode four, guys.
0: Yeah. Come um, on. Get with the program. What Dito and I do is, we watch some animes. And we talk about them, but wait, 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 don't turn off the podcast yet if, you, if you're if you going like, oh, I do not seen any no podcast, no uh, animes yet, is just head on over to ktdata.net and look in the show notes for episode four. You'll see these links that take you to Funimation's website, to Crunchyroll, to Hulu, and they all link to the episodes that we talk about. Isn't that crazy? So you could watch just them. a little... Just a little like KT. Crazy. So you could put us on pause, and then we'll just look like this. For a couple minutes. And, you know, after you catch up, (laughs) you can just press play, and we're all good to go. Um, The animes we watch are Kuroko no Basuke, Jormagand, and uh, Koriwa no Zombie Desuka
1: of the Dead. Um, But be warned. We will spoil the hell out of these for
0: you. Yeah, but hey. Who, do, who, just a little. Who, who, who Who didn't like a spoiler or two in their time, you know, so let's just jump into our first one, which is Kuroko's basketball. And Kuroko's basketball is brought to you by today's lucky item the stuffed bear. Use it to compensate for uh, stuff. Duff. <laughs> so, last we left off, you see what happens when you want free steak. You learn how to win on a five on three, and Kuroko gets bread. Oh, yeah. So, um,. In the first 30 seconds, remember, we're still playing against... uh, We're actually quit mid-game when we're playing against Dad's team right there. And Kuroko gets a pass right to Gagami. And he totally just uh, dunked it on uh, Dad. And, you know, kind of looks like they're going a little easier so on there. And This is what's crazy about it, though, Dito. What, What in the world are they doing if they're in this tournament right here? Trying to get into the championship league. What's the thing you do? You put your best player on the bench? Yeah, it's like the most logical thing to do,
1: too. But this makes sense, too, because, you know, Kuroko does have a limit he can be on the court for before he starts becoming ineffective.
0: Yeah, so, um, what's weird is that, so Kuroko's on the bench, but Kagami, he's still playing, and he's still bothering uh, Dad's shot, so he can't make anything. And the th- weird thing is, as he noticed, every time Dad's going up for another layup or something, Kagami just seems to be jumping higher and higher, and it seems like he's getting just taller and taller against him. And uh, you know, so they're playing, and they're all of a sudden they're only down, by, the other team's only down by like two points. And um, R- Rika, she's like. Holy crap, Kroko, are you ready to go back in? And he's like, uh, I've been ready for a while now. <laughs> he's like, well, let's get back in there! That's the best part
1: right here, because, you know, he's just he's just sitting there going, like, all right, I could have went in, like, you know, five minutes ago. <laughs> but she's just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh... But at this point, too, you're, you know, we're seeing Dad becoming a little bit agitated toward the situation of Kagami. And about this time itself, he gets fairly ticked at Kagami. Just like, I'm going to be playing serious now. So, that's what they he tries to do, at least.
0: Yeah, and then, uh, so, Kuroko's back in the game. The team is just going crazy. And the people are, are the other team's just like, holy crap, he's already back in the game. This guy again. And they're kind of dominating, and uh, so, dad's like, I'm not going to lose. And he tries to go for a dunk. And that's where Kagami, you just soars over dad and he's like what the crap and then Kagami just blocks it midair, like the balls barely left dad's hands and just takes it and Kagami's like you're nothing like the generation of miracles you underestimated us and you're overestimating your own skills right there and he just totally just posterizes (laughs) or not even posterizes this guy it's just totally embarrassed him stuff just straight up stuff so the game the game ends in, uh, so it's uh, Shinkyo is 67, and Saren is 79. So they win their first round right there. And the weird thing is, so Dad comes up to Kagami after, and is like, play hard for me in the next round. And Kagami's like, I'll try. It's like, because you're an idiot! You're an idiot! And like, it looks like they're going to fight, and then all of a sudden the captain from the other team just drags him away. He's like, you better it's be so quiet, great too, now.
1: because he's so. It was just so like immature and everything, because he was just a, it was just a poor sport about the entire game, which made this scene absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah, and then so, and then they do something that I thought was I I didn't expect. I thought they were going to actually show every single game during this tournament, but the thing is, they just start advancing through the bracket. So they talk about it for a second. So for a, for an example is. That they were playing against uh, Jitsuzen, they said Kuroko is on the bench, but they win a hundred and eighteen to fifty one. That's crazy, a hundred and eighteen to fifty one. And then they just keep going, and they don't even really show the game. They just show the uh, bracket and just the moving a marker as they progress along. And so they go through. They show that they beat uh, Kingahai, which was in the top sixteen last year, ninety two to seventy one. And then they go, then they play Meijo high and they see the players walking in and all of a sudden Kagami and Kuriko's is like, these guys look familiar and guess who in the world it is, Dito.
1: Yes. We get to see our five morons who tried to t- challenge Kagami, Kuroko and, and I want to say for some stupid reason. Um, Oh, God, Kise. I totally forgot his name right now. Kisei, Kise. that's right. Kisei to, you know, the, the five-on-three that we had in our last episode. And needless to say that they destroyed him in that game, and they absolutely destroyed him again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love it because they're walking in. Oh, I hear Sharon's just this, this super brand-new school that's weak, and they turn around, and it's just Kagami. He pretends to bump into one of them, and the guy looks over there, and he looks over, and Kuroko's just still – he spins the ball on his finger's and like, yo <laughs> – <laughs> and the the funny thing I loved about that was uh uh Rika at the end of the game is like for some reason that team just seemed scared of us. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: they're just it's so funny because as they're sitting there they're all like bowing with their heads with their hands behind their heads, and just like like in their apologetic manner.
0: Um yeah, and then so they get destroyed hundred and eight to forty one and um they're actually talking about their next uh, championship game, because they got about... So, usually it's a game a day, but it looks like on the last day of the tournament, they're actually going to be playing two two games if they actually win their first one. So, they'd be playing the semifinals and the finals on the same day, and they're actually talking about uh, the teams that usually make it to this championship league. And let's see if I can do these names right, Dito. So, it's uh, Shensinkan, uh, Shensinkan Seho. Shutoku, those are the big three, and they're kind of called uh, the three kings, the kings of Japan.
1: because Of Tokyo, actually, because yeah. they always make it into the Tokyo Championship.
0: Yeah, every year, and they're just a solid team. Um, and, of course, they'll be playing um, Shutoku and Seho if they, may, if they make it through. So they're playing Seho first, and then if they beat that, they'll go to play Shutoku. And guess... Who Shutoku has since they're actually one of the stronger teams out there. Who do you think they've got?
1: Uh they have what is I'm going to be start naming just because it's a little bit funnier to say is uh, Bandage Fingers. You know, is actually uh, one of the sixth generation miracles who is known for his never missing a shot.
0: Yeah, um, you you usually will know him by the bright green hair he also has, the Bandage Fingers, and, the and bright
1: being green. incredibly superstitious. Superstitious.
0: Yeah, Um, so Kagami he goes up to uh, Shintaro and he says hi, and this is awesome because he's so Shintaro pretends like he doesn't know Kagami, and then Kagami puts out his hand like he's gonna shake it, and then all of a sudden he just writes his name on his hand in permanent marker.
1: Just gives him autograph. Just gives him autograph right on his palm.
0: Yeah, um, and his reaction uh, was awesome. Yeah, so it, the funny thing is, and he's like, well, if I introduced you normally, I bet you you wouldn't remember who I am. So this way you'll remember. Um, and so about that, and then the funny thing is that uh, they're not actually playing uh, Shintoku in this round. It's since they're in one round. So the teams watching Shintoku play, or Shutoku, play the round that they're scheduled to. And they're seeing, like, it's crazy because Gintaro didn't even want to play. And all of a sudden he tells the coach, like, I want to start in this game. And uh, so the uh, coach is like, you know, I usually only let you get away with three things because I know I trust what you're doing. So I'm going to let you get, get away with this one. And so he's, like, starting. And then... This is where you actually see how strong Shitoku is, because usually all all the other teams that have been playing is that there's usually just one big guy, like Dad was one of them, or Kisei. and the rest of the team kind of carries on this. But they're watching this team play, and they're actually a pretty all-solid team. They have a big guy down below, down below, and they also have uh, what's his name? Uh, they also have Shintaro, uh, who's amazing at shooting. Out, out, out in the three-point land. So it's just kind of a double threat between two of them. And the weird thing about this that's even more intimidating is how Shintaro shoots because he has this high arcing shot that takes forever to go, but it actually goes in. So by the time it goes in, he's already on defense on the other side, and it's just intimidating. How um, it says it. And what's crazy is uh, Kuroko's telling Kagami's like, if he's in form, he never misses. And we're not, like, saying LeBron James never miss. This is, like, 100% accuracy never miss on there, which is kind of nuts if you think about it.
1: Not, not to mention, too, complete swoosh. No rim. Yeah.
0: It's just perfect. It's a perfectly arc shot, and it just goes straight through. Like, it barely touches the net when it's going through. Um, and then, you know, so they, they find that they're going to be playing these two games in the semifinals and the finals. And like the first years are kind of freaking out, but Kagami's like, "I am all fired up for this," and like, and Kuroko's like, "Yeah, I am too." And the first years just looking at like crazy and I'm like, "Don't you get fired up when you the impossible comes in front of you as a challenge?" And like, you just see the team. Everybody's like, "Yeah, let's do this."
1: Yeah, uh, so, but then it goes cuts back into their. Their game or they're back at school and everything you know Kagami and is a uh, mountain of food just sitting on his desk and Kiriko and them just talk start talking to each other and the only thing they can really say is just like oh you know i'm just sore yeah
0: um and then at that point Risa just comes by it's like oh perfect Kur- Kuriko Kagami come here help me carry these boxes and they're like oh we're all sore from last game and you're now making us carry boxes and she's like, and well, here's where
1: this, this is the, the part where you should like learn from Kagami and kind of word yourself better because you know, Risa was just kind of mentioning that um, you should help a maiden distress and everything. And Kami is just like, I don't see a maiden anywhere. And he gets punched right in the back.
0: And uh, if you actually want to see a screenshot of that happening, head on over to facebookcom panda productions to our Facebook page. And bam, it's right there. You can actually see a screenshot of it. Dito's been posting screen captures of all these, uh, of just the animes as we're watching them. So if you want to see it, head on over there. Um, so, but what's in the boxes are uh, uh, tape or, well, it's 2012. DVDs. I, I should say DVDs, but everybody still calls them tape, but it's DVDs of previous games against all the teams that are in the tournament. So one of them, of course, is a Seho match. Um, and the the funny thing is that they watch it and you see this uh, Seijo team, which doesn't have a Generations of Miracles player on it, but everybody says they're a tough team, and they start watching and and the thing is, like, Kagami and Kuroko's watching, like, it looks kind of funny how they're playing, the rhythm seems weird, and they couldn't just put their finger on it and uh, then it cuts to the day before or the you know kind of the pre-game and in the Seho locker room they're kind of talking about everything and they're like um Saren has one strong team is that it's that uh um, Kagami guy and it's like and the captain's like well since your first years um you guys are in charge of it and I, I love the this guy's name is uh Sugawara Tomoki and uh well, Koroko is watching the tape. He's like, "I know that guy. He's the only one who's been able to bother Kise in a shot." And it kind of goes to this cutback, seeing Kise just being bugged by this guy. So this kid is probably like crazy on defense. And the funny thing is, when they're talking about him, like he's smiling. He's like, "Yes, a challenge." Like, this kid loves to defend. And the funny thing is, he's there, uh when he hears he's in charge of shutting down um, Kagami. Goes Sugawara, smile. <laughs> and- <laughs> everybody else is like only you would be laughing that you get a defensive uh assignment
1: <laughs> the guy's kind of crazy itself in but at the same time too you can't deny that he is a really good defender
0: yeah um and then so it actually shows you the contrast cuz everybody in the uh in the Seho team in the locker room they're all you know just getting ready putting on their jerseys and whatnot but you go into the Seren team and it's like dead silent. And people are just like. So we they just s- have
1: like so much tension built up because of the game and everything. So here comes the coach, because the coach is supposed to be the one breaking the ice, getting the team motivated before their game match and everything. So, what does Reese try to do? She basically says that if we succeed, you know, give them their little pep talk at herself, she will give them a kiss yeah <laughs> per- nobody everyone just kind of felt worse and everybody like,
0: they, they saw this are you serious honey? and the awesome thing is the uh, captain he comes up guys you're supposed to pretend even if you don't really mean it It's like, oh. <laughs> and he says this out loud in front of her
1: so she's just kind of like screw it and just gives like a honest to god pep talk
0: basically <laughs> She's like, you guys should be pumped up for revenge. It's been a year. You should pay them back with interest. And that actually gets everybody finally pumped up. Yeah. Um, well. But then this is what happens. The game starts and uh, Kisei he's late to watching it because he was getting a drink or something. And they show up and it's already uh, Seiho 12 and Saren 0. And they're everybody's surprised. They're like, they're not really playing and it kind of shows you what's on the court is that um Seijo's defending really well against everybody it's like Kuroko when he has the ball he has no one to pass to when Kagami has the ball he has no lane open he has no options he's just totally shut down where he just has the ball and he has to pass it or cuz in basketball if you can't hold the ball for too long or they'll say you're holding it for too long you have to pass it to your other players and nobody's getting really any open looks or good la- passing lanes or any cuts or anything. Um, so they start analyzing it, and it's they're doing a man-to-man defense. But the difference about normal man-to-man defense is usually you give some breathing room between yourself and the other player. But these guys are kind of like manning, totally bodying up against the other player. So when the other player moves, they're just right there on top of him. The drawback with doing that is that expends a lot of energy. You'll get tired really, really quick because you're, you know, running and keeping up with the other player, and usually the other player will have an advantage because you don't know where the other player is going, but the other player does. Um, but then, uh, they call timeout and uh, Risa, she's like, they're using old style martial arts to conserve the energy. Like one of them is a uh, noomba running, and that's how they're saving up their energy is they're using all these styles where it doesn't take a lot of energy to move along court. And then they save that for the man-to-man, and that's how they work really well. Because normally you couldn't play a whole basketball game manned up like that. It's impossible. No matter how hard you tried, it would just be too physically tiring for a 40-minute basketball game. And so that's what they're doing. But there's a drawback to these because these guys – they're still high school students, you know? Um, they're not like God. So they're still susceptible to fakes, um, screens, and whatnot. So Kagami's like, I have an idea. <laughs> and the coach is, do you have a plan? No, I just have an idea. I think I can do this. <laughs> um, so just pass me the ball. So Kagami gets the ball. And what's the, what's the best way to get around a uh, player that's there? Is to outpace them. So Kagami just... Speeds past uh, Sugawa, or, yeah, Sugawa, and he just totally dunks the ball on him. And, like, that's the end of the episode, but that's where it starts, because people are, are really invigorated, you know? When you looked at Saren before, all the seniors and everything, they're kind of... Didn't seem like they were really amped for it after being 0-12, but after Kagami does that, everybody just seems... Be ready to go, and Kagami tells Koriko, like we will win this game." And crazy enough, we just talked about two episodes of Koriko.
1: <laughs> yes, um, which is amazing to say because that was probably one of the fastest though, first runs we've done in yeah, a while.
0: But it, it's actually amazing how quickly it went, and I—I I don't know, why. it's just so exciting. But let's go into our next anime right now. We have always I'm our and here, more, much say. and our next anime is Drummungand, and it's brought to you by...
1: It's fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fun and games till you get a bullet in the butt
0: <laughs> oh dito it's always about bullet, yes <laughs>
1: it's always fun games to you also mess up the ad read too last episode we learned guns makes lots of holes johan learns to pee on a stall and we learned to say doc- doctor in
0: japanese what's could say. I just It sounded more fun when I yelled
1: out doctor. I was just like, it's what are you talking about? <laughs> Katie? yes. So, where we last left off is uh, Vomit was about to go just ballistic, because uh, she noticed that there's someone on the side that looked familiar to one of her past um, enemies. of so speak. So, that's basically where we run off to, is she just drops her gun pulls out her knife and just bolts while we see, like, Lum is just sitting there going, like, oh, god. Just, guys, cover her.
0: Yeah. And and what's nuts is when she's running by, she doesn't get hit at all, and just everybody else is getting mowed down. Like, her team's, they're not running after her, but they're just, like, hitting any of the enemy who just pops up and tries to get her. Um, and then it just cuts to, uh, the date that Coco is, uh, Coco got Mr. invited Chang. to in the previous episode, Mr. Chang, for Chinese food! Yes, in my Mr. opinion, Chang. the best kind of food you can ever get. Um mean, on, yeah, on, on egg roll. Yeah. And and the, and the funny thing is, Mr. Chang's like, Hey, don't, don't, this is just the hors d'oeuvres. Don't, don't get full on the hors d'oeuvres. There's still more to eat. Um...
1: But we cut to another scene where we see sca- Scarecrow, and I guess it's his assistant called uh, Chocolate. I
0: really hope she didn't give herself that name. That's her code name. Chocolate. Yeah, I really it's... hope
1: she's not the really one gave herself that code name because that's just weird.
0: But isn't it romantic, yeah, so... Dito? Chocolate. Chocolate. Hmm, maybe. Chocolate. <laughs> I, li- I, li- I like the sound of that. I don't know you. <laughs>
1: I'm sure you do. But then we cut back into <laughs> the scene between Volmud uh, and and Karen. So <laughs> it's like an epic fight between the two, and she just gets right behind enemy line. So then, um, yeah, it's just, so I don't know how to explain this. This fight, it was it's just so intense.
0: Yeah. So they both have pistols, but they're. Pretty much doing the knife fight with pistols right there, and um, I think Karen's cheating because she has this auto load uh, belt clip that has the uh, that already has the loaded gun clips on there, and uh, yeah, and uh, so what happens <laughs> is while while they're fighting with each other, um, you know Val Mint's like who in the world taught you this style and stuff, and Karen just like talking is overrated and stuff. She's kind of skirting around it, and um, Valment's kind of getting sort of slash fast or flashbacks to how she was back there. And um, then it cuts to Doctor Miami, who's still out there chasing butterflies in the middle of nowhere. Um, she's like it taking. Seems like our... Go ahead.
1: Uh, it seems like our doctors actually enjoy being chased because she's just hearing the gunfire in the distance and just kind of like it seems like coco's coming to get me and but she, she, at least he has noodles
0: the, the funny thing is she's gone who in the world is playing fireworks in the middle of the night i'm trying to sleep here <laughs> and and then uh what what's your assistant's name uh moco uh, Moko. moco um and he's like these noodles are ready. And then she starts going into the whole thing about Coco, and all says, Moco! The noodles are overcooked! These are not al dente anymore! I say, like, I'm sorry!
1: <laughs> uh, I, I just love this, this doctor because she's so, like, seriously random. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but then we cut back into the date between Coco and Mr. Chang, where uh, Coco's getting drunk.
0: A little bit of wine, please. Um, and the funny thing is, she's like, she's talking to him, and it's like, I have manners when I'm meeting. I don't eat like an American. I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> and, yeah, it was. It's like her uh, sly slurring of uh, drunken words. It's it pisses off the group, and her bodyguard just kind of like, oh
0: crap. <laughs> Like, oh, she's such a horrible drunk, please don't drink anymore. please don't drink anymore. Um, and after that, it cuts back into uh uh the the battle scene trying to get to doctor uh Mia- Miami, and Jonah's looking at these guards and like something off, and he goes and tell and uh Lutz he's uh, they're hiding in like a snow trench. And then also of he's like, oh, I got hit in the butt.
1: This is the funny. It's so random, too. It has nothing to do with it. They're just talking about, like, what's going on in the distance. All of a sudden he hears, and he's just like, oh. He looks over like, I just got shot in the butt.
0: And, and they all look over It's like, oh, it's a graze. You'll survive. But I got shot in the butt. <laughs> but then at this point, uh, Johan
1: notices, like, one of the – when the when the soldiers on either side side just is getting up because no one's firing. So he comes up with a, a strategy itself, is just to tell everyone to lay low, act like they're dead and everything, and they'll kind of pop up. Where Lum kind of agrees to this, so as they're doing this, you know, everyone starts popping up from the opposite side, and since Lum is the sniper, he's just taking them out one by one as they're carelessly getting up and searching the area.
0: Yeah, and he's like, weakness is, or, uh, um, what was it? It's like weakness will get you killed in battle, and he just totally just takes them out one by one. Um, and then, uh, so then it cuts back to Chocolat. I still think chocolate. <laughs> <Chocolade. laughs> um, so, um, Scarecrow sends her to the bathroom because it looks like uh, Coco went over there and he's like, she could be talking to somebody on the phone in the bathroom, you should follow her and say, like, oh. And the funny thing is, she's sitting in the stall, a locked stall right now, and she's like, well, since I'm here, and all of a sudden the stall starts shaking, and she's like, occupied, occupied! <laughs> and then, who do you think pops over the top of the stall right then? Like a ninja,
1: Coco's just kind of, just looking right over, like, stare, <laughs> just staring right at Chocolat. And she's I'm like, what drawn. are you doing? I'm busy! <laughs> <laughs> she just looks like Coco uh, Coco's done some digging though so she already knows who this this uh, person is and she was like, kind of like, just staggered that she even knew who uh, she was uh, Coco knew who she was and it was a very weird scene too to put that into perspective as well
0: yeah and so she's like go tell this to Scarecrow if you want to live and after that cuts back to uh Valment and Karen fighting each other and so as Valment's doing she's kicking butt. and then she's sli she slices uh Karen's shoulder and she's like first your shoulder and then she comes over and she's like slices uh like her thigh she takes off the belt with all the magazines on him gets her yeah. thigh and she's like, "If you have time to want, you have time to tell me about your past." And then all of a sudden, she goes into this crazy um, thing where she's like, uh, "You, if you, a person like you is gonna get your whole squad killed, and it's kind of reminiscent of how what happened to her and how she got her eye patch in the first place in Africa." Africa, yeah, in Africa, and then all, all and then all of a sudden, she's like kind of daydreaming there and then liam just hits her in the back of the head is like we're moving out and she's like what but what about her she knows about her past like we're moving out we already got we've already taken care of her squad and she kind of just like leaves them and they start going after uh, miami on there and
1: then we, at this point we just cut back you know we're doing a lot of cut back scenes yeah. in this which is kind of fun funny and interesting at the same time but um Coco gets a phone call off her satellite phone and she's just, like, can't take this. And at the same time too, Mr. Chang gets a phone call too. And apparently it's, um, you know, Lum and, uh, Karen just kind of telling each other, uh, yeah, this pretty much is exactly what you're thinking. We succeeded. I failed. And you may want to go with the next, uh, step in your plans. So at this point, uh, we see scarecrow and chocolate, uh, over here in the conversations, that they have the room bugged, and then uh, Chaklode comes up with an idea too, because uh, Scarecrow didn't really care. This, like, I'll let them kill themselves in the end, and so because I'm only going to profit off all this. And then Karen is just, or, sorry, <laughs> Chocolat. is, just says, "You know what? You're not going to see any money if Coco gets killed." So he, she convinces uh, Scarecrow to uh, team up with uh, Coco to get her out of there.
0: So there and. Of and all, like, the things,
1: yeah, all the things, all the things you can get, your, get yourself away in your getaway car. Well, yeah.
0: So what happens is, Mr. Chang, he has snipers like all around the Chinese restaurant. He's at, and he's like, make it look like muggers got him or something. Um, but <clears throat> so as uh, they're walking out, of course, you see Chocolat and Scarecrow just standing there at the doors, and she's walking out right there. And all of a sudden, you just hear this wind coming up. And what in the world do you think is landing right there, Dito?
1: It is the Super Hind Mark V prototype. Um, that worries me.
0: What about a prototype? You're using a
1: prototype helicopter to get away in.
0: Come on, Dito. Helicopters have been around for ages. As long as it spins and goes up and down, I think they're safe. Maybe. Touché. <laughs> it's gotta be more safe than the Wright brother's plane you saw that thing that like barely went up two feet in the air and it was like rickety
1: (laughs) yes but it still flew
0: (laughs) so they they find the doctor and they bring her back and so the next day coco is gonna go visit and guess what her place is empty yet again, and the assistant's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I tried to stop you, stop her, but she just kept going. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: And this time, she went for butterflies the first time. This time, she's going for shells, seashells. This doctor has some serious OCD.
0: Yeah, and I swear her bodyguard is just as crazy as she is. Because when they're like digging, for shells like, "Yeah, I see lots of them too." He's like all super excited about it. I'm like, seriously? Yeah, I, it doesn't,
1: I don't know much about his uh, this assistant anymore of but It just seems like he is her lapdog. She'll just he'll just go anywhere just because.
0: And then he he's like all into it too. Like when he saw the butterflies, like I should have believed you. I can't believe there's butterflies around here. Oh, and, geez, this is. And yeah, Wait, this is the guy carrying uh, on an AK-47 from a previous episode saying, I got to protect you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, she yeah. found the per- it, perfect it bodyguard. Very
1: reliable, but at the same time, too, very weird. So at this point, everyone's leaving, so we're at the airport, and uh, Johan is going through the metal detector where she sets off. So, you know, because when you set it off, they hit you with the wand, not literally hit you, but they try to see where your metal objects are coming from. Where...
0: <laughs>
1: exactly. Where Luds is just kind of like going, don't worry, guys. I'm... He's got a bullet in the butt. And there's like, wait, what? I thought you were joking. And uh, here comes Coca just like, yes. Um, oh, oh yeah, another... sorry. I forgot to tell you. He
0: he has one from a previous thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And they're walking by and you're like you know it's not that hard to get the bullet removed and and uh, Jonah he's like well I I don't mind the actual operation but I don't like the needles and everybody's like, ah.
1: and they're like I love this too because whenever you know, Johanna says anything like just so out of the blue too, the whole the whole group just does that whole anime fall down scene or just kind of like are you serious and they all just hit the floor.
0: Yeah, and and I love this cuz I think it was Liam or somebody's like it's like he's a kid or something. <laughs> and then they look at him like, "Oh, he is a kid." <laughs> um it's 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 just
1: great. So we cut to another scene where we see uh Lotz and uh, Johan in the mountains where they made a previous statement before that since uh, Johan caught all caught wind of all the other guys and able to count out how many there was in the mountains they make him train there and they're actually serious about this. So they arm themselves with some paintball guns and tells them to go out and shoot each other. So, you know, where, uh, Johan's going to hunt Lunts down for every, for every shot. So he's going to get punished basically.
0: Well, he gets points. And if he gets 50 points, yeah. Jonah gets a, uh, feast. I think I'm it's, sorry, a feast. I think it's, it's two. 15, 15 points for every hit he lands. And then thirty points if he gets a flag, and yeah. so he so Lutz is walking around, and Jonas you know, like, oh man, he's wide open right here. So what happens is he gets him in the butt, and then Lutz starts chasing after him. Jonas has his trap, which gets him in the leg on a paintball, then grabs his arm and kind of like ties him, and just Jonas just pelts him with paintballs.
1: He <laughs> gets. Pretty much shot up from your uh, hip, crosses all the way over to what would be my left shoulder. Kind of so looks like your right T-shirt right left now, shoulder. You know? Just yeah, he, he got shot up a good dozen times.
0: Yeah, like it. So imagine that spot on Dito's shirt, but just like a bandolier, like going across his chest.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the opposite side too. So,
0: um, and everybody's just like laughing at him because he just got owned. Um, and then so. After that, they actually uh, go take a walk because they're in Sussex, England right now. British. It's, it's amazing how much Japanese you hear when you're in England. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so they're walking along a lake and who, who do they see waving at them? Chocolat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you say that? just funny to me. Chocolade. It's so romantic when you <laughs> say it like that. Chocolat.
1: just for everyone knows too kt is whispering sweet nothing into your ears
0: chocolate (laughs) (laughs) ktdata.net if you want my phone number um (laughs) (laughs) so they're talking about it and it it looks like um chocolate is actually becoming coco's informant and then, so they're talking about things and kind of getting the intel on it because this whole episode's all about the uh, UAV race, as we'll call it. Is that um, Coco's trying to sell Predator UAVs while the European group is trying to sell their version of it? I only know it as European Euro because that's what they call it.
1: Yeah, there was really no information on that.
0: And uh, so her enemy is uh, Amelia Tokolovsky. So they're getting intel on there, and the thing is, right when Coco leaves, she gives Chocolade a diamond. And she's like, is this a diamond? And she's like, I shouldn't do this, but it's a diamond. Oh, well, and she just, like, walks on. Because
1: <laughs> we all know a diamond's a girl's best friend.
0: Uh-huh. And makes Shut her good leverage. Maybe, maybe that's how I get the girls, you know, just go around. Chocolate.
1: Just our, just our, diamonds. <laughs> they're going to start you the right diamonds item. Diamonds. <laughs> but one thing about Amelia is, is that she is an, you know, obviously an arms dealer too, but she's also an actress as well. So, And just seems to be always one step ahead of Coco.
0: Yeah, she seems to have that star power. So everybody's like, ooh, movie star! And stuff. Um, and so Coco is trying to sell those UAVs, and she's just going around town, meeting with all the different generals and stuff. And uh, she goes around, and she's going around, and everybody's like, "Oh, we kind of already committed to going buying the European ones." And she's just like, "Ah!" You're, you're watching this
1: whole thing, like every single step that Coco's takes, to trying to sell off the predators. There is she's always there, probably like twenty minutes or so after. Like Amelia already leaves and she's just like there every turn just waving, smiling, just going there. You're just watching her just get so ticked off.
0: Yeah. um, And then so what happens is that we just see Coco in a hotel room somewhere and she's just like munching on snacks and sending out emails. And (laughs) the funny thing is Valman's like, Coco, if you eat too much you're going to get fat and you should stay that way. And she's like is there any of these snacks that will make my boobs bigger than yours? He's like, but I love you the way you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god! Like Valmin is like is the only weakness that she has is cocoa.
0: Yeah, um, so she sends I think it was somebody I don't even remember the guy's name to go negotiate with the last general that was a holdout. And oh yeah. Then uh, the Tolskospy, Tolskospy.
1: Tolcoski's.
0: Tolcoski oh, Tol- is. Uh, she's like, oh, she's making her move, and she tries to get Coco together so they can talk. And of course, it's a trap. Why wouldn't it be a trap? This- Everybody's in the arms business. Um, and what happens is Coco somehow managed to get one of her shell companies to buy stock out of the out of one of the governments. <laughs> so she- Coco a- essentially owns um the uh, tolskovsky's uh employer, and they're kind of trying to negotiate and stuff and um the the actual company sent sniper units they're trying to uh trying to kill both of them, so they don't have to worry about it but of course, Coco's ahead of the game and has uh L- Lutz out there just looking at these guys and uh what happens is that they're kind of talking, and she's like, I just realized you've never seen any of the weapons that you sell, do you? You're, you're just one of those sellers that never walked on the battlefield before. And she's like, oh, I don't need to know what I'm selling. It's just business right there. And, uh, so, but Coco's like, you gotta be on the battlefield to understand and everything, and all of a sudden it's like, get him. And then Lutz just takes out two guys. Uh, um,
1: like through the barrel, it yeah. takes out two snipers through the barrel. Yeah. He you does, you've he, seen like the Wildy Coyote or you know like the Yosemite Santa Luigi cartoons whenever he fires and plugs his uh, finger in the barrel, how it just blows open.
0: Yeah. That's what Lutz does to them. Yeah, And what the amazing thing is that he doesn't even like kill these guys; he just disables their weapons on both of them. And they just and she's like, "Oh, just taking care of things." And she starts heading to the car and uh, then she's yelling back to Zell's I'll only charge you 5% on top of what I paid for all the stock right there. And she's like, oh, <laughs> yay! Uh,
1: I don't even want to know how much money that really was in the end.
0: Yeah, and so Coco's driving off, she's like, I really don't want to deal with her again. And then all, and then she's, but she's like, I'll probably see her again. <laughs> yes. And that's actually the end of that episode, and The funny thing is, I usually say this after every episode of the anime we're going to start talking about is, I'm never going to see another episode of this again. And yet, I want to go watch the next one.
1: Gemma guys. Gemma It's interesting.
0: And our next anime is Korewa Zombie desica of the dead and it's brought to you by see-through shirts it's fabulous (laughs) (laughs) okay the joke of this
1: one is you have to check our facebook page out for this one
0: um and so warning our protagonist is zombie so please don't try this at home um as we left off last episode you got sick pelvic thrust, where the cure, and I'll be back! But the weirdest
1: part about this episode is that you speaking, it's the first thing that happens, really. You're, you're seeing you speak.
0: You're like, what?
1: Eh? Or should I do it like the
0: Japanese? Eh?
1: <laughs> So, apparently what happened is that during the last episode around there, Haruna came in with that little strange device around her neck and everything, and it absorbed part of uh, Yu's powers, which essentially transmitted her powers to Haruna. So, that basically means any kind of emotion that Haruna makes is going to inflict lots of pain to her.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, essentially, Haruna and Yu which... Switch positions. And so, um... The funny thing is that, uh... Aiko was about to leave, and then he's like, You're not gonna fantasize about me? And he's like, oh, oh, hold hold, hold on. And he just enters his fantasy world right there, seeing you there. And then when he comes back, Harunu just holds up this. Um, you're not gonna fantasize about me? So, uh... (laughs) I goes like, all right, all right, all right. Let me try. Let me try. And then he starts trying to imagine her like that, and it just ends up being everything's about money, 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 money. Just a bit uh, creepy. I I, th- so, I think it was more creepy that Haruna was like, why aren't you fantasizing about me?
1: <laughs> I actually, don't find it that creepy because it's it's Haruna.
0: Now my question what? is, why chat room you're not fantasizing about me all the time?
1: KTData.net
0: <laughs> Complaints to Kita at KTData.net KT data. <laughs> So
1: now we, we find ourselves at the school festival where uh, you is in casual for once Parna is wearing Yu's armor and
0: this is about the same time frame where
1: they're gonna get crepes, yeah. and so they're walking by and they see speaker. a
0: they they see a booth that's cooking crepes, and she's just kind of staring at it. And then he's like, "Do you want a crepe?" And and she's like, "Which one?" And she points to a sign. It's in Japanese. I can't read it, so <laughs> um, she goes up and it's like, "I'd like one. Uh, what was it? It was like strawberry and like bean curd crepe." And you just see this look kind on of- her. bean, yeah, red bean. You see all this look on Haru's like no, love that one. And then Yu's like, oh yeah, and then one uh, chocolate and something else, crepe. And Haru's like, bully. <laughs> <laughs> Yu's just totally like playing on her. End. This is a weird episode because usually we don't see Yu acting like this, and she's like kind of carefree in this episode. Um,
1: but at this point, it turns back into. Rude a scene between uh, Aikawa and Yuki, where uh, Yuki just keeps on going about her ring, you know, and everyone's asking about it, too, where one of the teachers comes in and just says, like, you know, you can't have uh, accessories on at school and everything. I'm going to have to confiscate that. So, but for all those who remember, the ring is uh, Maho's power, Maso, sorry, Maso's power, kind of artifact and everything to seal in unchecked uh, powers. So, yeah, she doesn't have it on anymore. Yeah,
0: she takes it off and she seems to be okay. Maybe she's got to get hit by another giant red button that nobody <laughs> is able to see, but um, the teacher kind of takes it away and so they're like, Ugh. Um, and it cuts to the uh, to. I, I, I don't even see how this is possible. They have a bonfire at the end of the festival, and it's in the middle of the track. I'm like, how is that even possible? But okay, we'll go with it. Um, yeah,
1: why not? It's Koriwa. It
0: what yeah. makes sense. And Aiko was kind of just reflecting. It's like, oh, life is pretty good right now and everything. And then he does, he's doing the folk dance, and all of a sudden he's holding hands with the old teacher that just shows up randomly. And he's <laughs> like, why are you holding my hand like that? That's inappropriate. like why are you on the girls line i'm keeping the numbers even (laughs) and (laughs) all of a sudden he transforms into the uh into our magical fairy lady and aiko is going like what in the world why is the magical fairy lady you're real and then she starts talking and everybody else is responding too and they're like you're not a figment of my imagination. Everybody else can see you too. Eh.
1: And this is where like, I call it just kind of like loses it. It's going to be like, Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, just
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's the funny part of the show. So the drunken fairy, she starts going into her kind of spiel. She's like, yeah, I used to be, uh, the, this, and this is where it gets interesting is her name is Chris or Christou. And, uh, she actually was uh, Dai, Dai S die or Daisensei's sensei's uh, sensei, so the teacher of the teacher, essentially. And uh, what happens was she got sentenced to be an old man for punishment because she tried to do a coup d'état to the queen of uh, Vire. And so she, the only way she could turn into the um, into her kind of fairy form is if she gets her true self yeah if she she just gets hammered which explains why we only see her hammered in the episodes and uh all of a sudden she's like this is a festival supposed to be saying goodbyes and everybody ends up in a desk and a chair and uh she's rigged the chair." This uh, a
1: scene from a from another anime called Angel Beats. To where, if you're to pretty much be a hypocrite, you know, where they're talking about if an old man comes up to you and tries to, you know, tries to get on you and everything else, so you find it gross. But if that old man turns into is actually a cute girl, yep. you would think otherwise. So she's just trying to prove that point that everyone, it's about the actual heart inside, and or it's about their like judge the book by the cover so anderson explains itself it's not just about that it's about you know it's about the true heart and everything and he just gets launched from the chair
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and so she's like and, and so like people just start getting launched left and right because they're just totally uh kind of breaking their hearts and just doing double and the funny thing is that uh i really want to go back And there has to be legitimate reasons why they start doing these references to animes. Like, I'm pretty sure there's staff members that worked on these previous animes for them to do it. I mean, we've had a myriad of animes they've parodied, like uh, the uh, Melancholia Haruhi Uh, Suzuzi. Haruhi Suzuzi. Yeah, and then there's Full Metal Panic already they've done there. Um, that was that was like
1: outright just you know so yeah, skay.
0: yeah so skay um <laughs> you know awesome now we chef. have now awesome. we have angel beats and of course the magic clad girls from a various various whole genre that they've been hat tipping to um just just a little yeah and then of course the zombie reference <laughs> zombies um so like everything's just been I really want to like draw a map of how this all links out. But, so, everybody's launching out, except Aikoa and Orito, and, there and, or- and Orito's like, I'll hold strong with you, Aikoa. My morals will bend, but they won't break. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love how he says it, oh, so, like, man. straight-faced. You know what's funny, Dito? Every time I think of Orito, I think of you. You're my Orito in my life. <laughs> and you know it's true. <laughs> I'm trying to,
1: I'm trying to, like... My mind's trying to wrap my head around it's like, I'm trying to wrap my head around exactly'm trying to get out of this
0: so apparently I'm a zombie that dries out in the sun. that's probably why I spend all my time indoors, and you're my strangely dreamy dream like out of this world thinking friend or something like that or something <laughs> but so what happens is that uh Sarah's like still over inside the school, kind of cleaning up the remains of all the festival they had. And she sees these cat ears and she's like, Oh no, Oh no. And all of a sudden she puts them on and she's just teleported right in front of uh, Orito. She's bent over with her cat ears and she's like, I can't move. And Orito's like,
1: Oh, and it wasn't up until that where, um, uh, Chris made her pose and then there goes Zorito just
0: gone. She's like, I'm flying! <laughs> and bam. So it's then it's just Aiko. And uh, so the funny thing is that uh, Chris, she's just like, all right, if you want to fight this out, I'll let you do it. So he's at like 200% strength and just comes charging at her. 400 four hundred percent and four hundred. He just comes charging straight at Chris and Chris just blocks it with a giant bottle of sake and he just like falls back. Um and you guys just got handed Yeah.
1: How embarrassing is that to get your butt beaten by sake? Think? Well
0: not in the drinking manner. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um and then she's like, she walks up to him and she says something, and I can't even remember, uh, <laughs> or something along the lines of like, "I thought you'd make a good drinking partner or something." <laughs> and then she
1: yeah, it's, essentially is just basically saying that if it wasn't for you, or it's like if you were just to you know come toward like my, my my way of thinking itself, we would have made a, we would have made good friends. Basically, I'm going. Is this a confession or
0: something? Yeah, and this is what's funny is everybody else is like, "Aiko, are you doing underage drinking?" It's like you're not. There's a super overpowered magic clad girl almost gonna kill him again, and they're worried about his underage drinking. And he's like, "No, no, I didn't have anything to drink." Uh, it's so much. It's
1: so funny because like everything that they can possibly be offended about and everything or be mad about is the fact that. There was was just talk of underage drinking. So at this point, Chris leaves, just outright leaves. And everyone is returned. You know, they're just kind of on the ground.
0: Yeah, all like defeated and beaten. Too. Um, So.
1: And now we cut to a a quick scene where DaSensei is, you know, in the bath, of course. And just... Figures out and like gets that premonition that Chris has been released. So then um, there is one thing that, uh, as I sense it wasn't expecting is that, uh, our, our the return of our psycho, uh, Kiriko,
0: or uh, wow, um, uh, uh, didn't we write this down? Kyoko
1: yeah kyoko i was just kind of like oh god it's written brain right
0: farted. here Oh yeah, it's <laughs> written
1: right there this is like welcome to midnight everybody where my brain shuts down
0: um
1: <laughs> kyoko is uh mentions to daisensei that she knows her weakness so daisensei lets her out
0: um yeah and then s- the funny thing, it, the, the funny thing is that uh Aiko was talking to Dai Sensei, and it's like, "Is there anything that you can do?" Well, Kyoko might have mentioned something, and it's like, "Oh, what is it?" Well, and then all of a sudden, you just see these creepy red eyes just pop up right behind him, and it's uh, <laughs> Kyoko. And uh, so, um, Aiko was like, "All right, are you gonna tell me what her weakness is?" And she's like, "Well, ever since I was in jail, I've gotten pretty bored." So, uh, so their
1: they're deal. basically, is that Aikawa needs to entertain yeah. Kyoko. It's, I don't know where this is going at the time, but I'm just going, oh boy, this can't be good.
0: Yeah, and then uh, so he kind of takes her out and like walks along. And gets her canned coffee and this is this is the funny thing is uh Oh
1: um, before that, or, before that she stumbles in to Aikawa's room. Oh yeah. So I, little fan service.
0: Aikawa's <laughs> just laying in bed trying to figure this out, wrapping his head around it. And then all of a sudden Kyoko just shows up and she's like, Aikawa. I need you and she's like on top of him, like her boobs were rubbing against him and everything. And he's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And he he kind of runs like, "I already know you're farce right there." It's like, "What do you really want?" Um, and then so they end up taking a walk. He buys her one of his uh pat or his uh, trademark coffees that he's always drinking, and it's like, "Oh, coffee!" And she like crushes the can. It's like back in prison, all we could drink was water, and just like crushes. It. And I go, Kyle's like, she has a scary face on." <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it is a scary face, mind you. Yeah. She's like, oh.
0: um, so so
1: the, the idea comes up now, exactly what um, Kyoko wanted to do, and it was to have a mixer party. You know, of all the things you can possibly you have, and you could do in the world itself, a mixer party.
0: Wouldn't you want a mixer party? I know she's crazy, party? but really. <laughs> I, I, don't want, I, I don't want a mixer party. Then I can go around, chocolate, diamonds, <laughs> chocolate, diamonds, chocolate. Sweet <laughs> nothings, everybody. Sweet y- nothings. Y- you telling me that would not go down well at a mixer party?
1: Um, one day we'll try that and see what happens. Then <laughs> oh, applications to Kitek and
0: I like how you can't say our email address.
1: I can't. I can't do anything. My brain is completely gone, guys.
0: It's at kita at ktdata.net. Um. <laughs> so the funny thing is, he's at he's at uh, school the next day. And he's like, yeah, I want to help this other girl from another school do a mixer party. They're like, but we just had the festival. Yeah, but a mixer party. It's awesome. That's just like me. And he's trying to act like that. Like the party. I live the life. And like here's a-
1: another reference, too, because uh, he starts speaking some random English and just saying random phrases. Kind of like TK did in Angel Beats.
0: <laughs> um, and, and so he's. And they're like, you don't like to party and everything. It's like, oh yeah, I'm doing it and everything. And you just see Kyoko just standing sideways, mind you, on this off the side of the school, just like you're stressing out right now. Um, and then uh, Sarah shows up and kind of just like wraps him around and her leaves, and they're, like, kind of talking, and it's like, you just, like, seem stressed. Like, no, I really kind of want a mixture party to enjoy. (laughs) That creepy laugh. Yeah. So, they all end up at a uh, karaoke room. And, uh, well, you know? Alrighty, so,
1: um, (laughs) this is where the title came into play. Again, you can check our Facebook page about this, is that Ayakawa is the host, so He pops in with the most stylish clothing that the internet could possibly provide for him. The most sexy clothing, which happens to be a button-up shirt, a see-through shirt, and a scarf. Yeah, it's fabulous. You can see his nipples.
0: And I don't remember who, but she's like, I can see your nipples! And he's like, but this was what they said on the website that was stylish and trendy.
1: And... This is where it gets even funnier because uh Orito comes in and he has the exact same getup as Ayakawa does. And <laughs> Anderson's already there, He's like they probably went to the same website.
0: Yeah. And then uh Kyoko's like, wait, aren't mixers supposed to have an equal amount of guys and girls? And 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 uh, Aiko was like, Oh, I I guess so And then all of a sudden these two the two wrestler guys from a mask burger, you know, where they all go get their hamburgers and get a mask with it. We can be your friends right now. We'll be your friends forever. <laughs> and uh like... Nothing friends like having set.
1: two big wrestlers putting their arms around your shoulders and being your friend.
0: Yeah, out of nowhere. And uh what's funny is uh some and uh Kyoko yells out they she yells out our favorite one of our favorite games here at the Kita Anime Podcast. Um she's like, Let's play uh King's the Kings game, which if you guys watched previous seasons, first time we were exposed to it was in uh Anonatsu de Maturu when uh <laughs> decided it was a good idea to play with some uh what was the name of the drink? Dynamite drink. Dynamite drink it's Dynamite. Um so you know crazy things are gonna happen. So they uh, start drawing. So the first one is uh you ends up being the king so she ends up having uh, Hiramatsu and Aikoa hug each other. And it's funny because they prolong this out into this crazy dramatic scene. It's like, oh, it's just a game. And use, like, the king's words are, uh, are uh, law, so you have to do it. <laughs> and so they're just like, and then they end up hugging each other. And it's like for two seconds, and everybody's pulling. It's like, it's just a game. You guys are.
1: So we have uh, Haruna pulling away Himatsu. Or Himatsu, sorry. And then we have you pulling away Ayakawa, and then we have you coming up with a note calling him like a leech or lech or something. And I'm just like going, "Oh man!" And he's like,
0: "You're the one who had me do it."
1: (laughs) Oh, it was it was a fun scene.
0: Yeah, and then so it's uh, they they draw again, and the wrestler ends up being the king, and he's like, uh, and guess what? It ends up being Ayakawa and Kyoko, and he's like, kiss. So they're like all coming up and getting ready to um, kiss. And everybody's like, oh, and they're like, it's just a game. It's just a game. Yeah. Um, And uh is kind of getting cozy with him. On um, all of a sudden she and uh, so then guess who shows up to the, who crashes the party?
1: Out of nowhere, Dai-sensei appears. To and, have some fun, apparently.
0: And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late, guys. Eh. Um.
1: And this is the weird, and this is the funny part, too, because it's, like, almost immediately, Orito just goes and starts hitting on Dai-sensei. And yeah. the first thing is, like, is, like, going, wait, you're legal? Older Ooh, women, awesome! Older <laughs> women, yeah. and she's just like, don't worry, you'll have a chance in hell. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I love that.
1: Totally obliterates his, any chances he ever thought.
0: Um, yeah. And then, so, at that point, um, they they get Ori to start going to sing karaoke, get him away from everything. And, uh, then, uh, Dai sensei is talking with, uh, Kyoko. And she's like, are you here to babysit me? He's like, no, I'm here for something else. Um, so they, they actually start trying to, it looks like they're going to fight. And then Aiko is like, if you want to fight, come with me and we'll take it outside. So they take it away and they end up in that, uh, in the cemetery, in the first two episodes where they first met in the battle and, so, and she's like we this was where our battle is like yeah nobody will see us here and uh so it's like if you if you want to fight let's do it and so she pulls out her sword and everything
1: first she goes into her um, yeah, her, her Jojo yeah. mode
0: yeah so she transforms into her magic clad girl and she takes her sword and just runs at uh I I Eiko and just stabs him right there and then all of a sudden she's like, I love you.
1: This, this has to be the like, most creepy way to ever confess your love to anyone. You stab him through the stomach, hug him, and then just like confess to him right then and there. And he's just kind of like, this kind of hurts.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I know on so many levels how much hurting stomach is no bueno. Um, <laughs> yes, yes,
1: of all people, you do.
0: And uh, she's she's like, I love you and this is the only way I knew how to do it. And for so for my punishment on what I did is that no one will ever remember a memory, memory of me. I'll be forgotten for hundreds of years. And of course, Aikawa uh, I is doing his stupid thing. It's like, I'll remember you forever. It's like, are you sure? Yes. And then the whole, the only thing I can stare at during this whole time is that the sword still in. Sword. Yeah, I was just staring it.
1: at the same thing. It's like, you still have your sword through your stomach. I hope you know
0: that. But they're trying to have this romantic moment where she disappears. Like, don't forget, and
1: uh, it's that sword. Yeah. I couldn't. I, I it killed the entire thing. I'm just I'm just staring yeah. at the sword I'm like it's, it's take it out.
0: Yeah, and just randomly after he's like sitting on a gravestone somewhere drinking coffee, I'm like. You have a hole in your stomach right now. Wouldn't the coffee just. <laughs> burn, <laughs> Or just like flow out of that gaping hole in your stomach. <laughs> What's the point right now? Um, and then it cuts to the last scene. Where you just hear this printing sound. Like a dot matrix printer. And it's a fax. From, a, fax. Yeah, a fax? A fax. A fax. <laughs> do you kids even know what faxes are? I know what a fax is. But do you kids know what it is? Um, and it's a note from uh, from Kyoko. And they're like, what? And of course, that's how that episode ends.
1: <laughs> Didn't it translate to like tickle, tickle, tickle or something? Yeah, or it was like tickle, tickle,
0: tickle. It's a bunch of nonsense. But the yeah, episode ends just right there. And I'm going like, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just going, that's an interesting way of ending that.
0: <laughs> and but, you know, just like that, we're done with another Kita, too. Yeah, um, we so, made it, guys. We're at the end. Yeah. If you guys did not like my chocolate diamonds, chocolate, please, please email email us at kita at ktdata.net and say, KT, never do that again. Or if you like it and you want to have my phone number, kita at ktdata.net.
1: He will voice record it and then text it
0: to you oh yeah um you know and of course if you guys are watching in the podcast or the youtube channel whatever you however you consume this you can always come join and watch us live at ktdata.net slash live we did a bag of crap opening right before and there's a whole gap in between where you missed out on some good stuff yeah it's <laughs> um um so our next episode is in two weeks which is i don't know there's no date on here dito (laughs) my bad i
1: forgot to put that on there in two weeks it's gonna be uh june 19th yeah
0: june 19th that will be the week that we go to nerdtacular in the next week anime expo yes so Uh,
1: then on and the and our next episode after after next You'll be hearing our escapades at Anime Expo.
0: Yeah, um, of course, check out ktdata.net slash live if you want to watch it live or ktdata.net after the fact to have this, those show notes. You know, for, for some reason, you watched this whole episode and you didn't watch any of the animes we talked about. Go to our show notes when we post this. It has links to every single episode, like the specific episodes. You don't have to search. You just got to click on the link with a nice picture. It loads up the page and the video should start playing. Except for Coriwa, where you gotta enter in saying you're over 18. But other than that, it just plays. Uh, thank you Funimation for making it complicated, but whatever. Um, uh, of course, follow and us. Also, on uh, a
1: side note about Coriwa too, it has been licensed and will be coming over here to the states.
0: Yay! Um. Then of course, uh, check out our Facebook page, which is Facebook.com/slash/PandaBearProductions. I know it's kind of weird, but. Go over there, Dito's act super active on there, and he's posting pictures and stuff. I, I hop on once in a while, but mostly it's Dito. Um, follow us on Twitter, whatever. we're everywhere. If you search for us, you'll find us somewhere.
1: yeah um, just search for KTData.net you'll find us on Facebook, you'll find him on doing his random stuff on Twitter and, and Google YouTube and
0: whatnot. but uh, I don't know, Dito, do you have anything else to plug right now?
1: Just the ending thing.
0: All right, guys. We will see you in two weeks. Enjoy. Till then, guys. Bye. Bye. And
1: now that's something creepy.
0: Chocolate. I hate you. Everything's recording. We're all serious and ready to go. <laughs> or something. And I just
1: some of us are
0: got to attempt to press the button